WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Thursday, February 15th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number. On social media at 1210WPHT, I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Omquist, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Action-packed, loaded Thursday, cut sheet at 745 Disney keyword number 11 at 8.30, and the great Sean Farash at 9 o'clock this morning. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Gregory. Yeah, sounds like a loaded show today. Packed. Packed. Terrible news, though, with the Super Bowl, the parade. Oh, my God. We'll get to that with the news, I'm sure. (sighs) Senseless celebratory. And I'm sure it's going to be no surprise to anybody, but the usual suspects are blaming um, uh, guns. Of course, yeah, we gotta we gotta hunker down and take everybody's firearms yeah. away, right? Just awful. We'll get to that this morning. It is a sin, Dawn. You're absolutely correct. Big take this morning uh, on Joe Biden's big hot mess. So many things breaking yesterday within the administration and also the latest threats from Russia that I don't think anybody is buying and believing. We'll get to that this morning. Uh, Also, Joe Biden lashes out over something he was the one to bring up in the first place. We'll get to that story this morning. Unbelievable. And also, a GOP pollster issues his final warning to Republicans. Very interesting, after a few special elections, what uh, Frank Lutz had to say. We'll get to that this morning. And also, you might recall a very bizarre story from a Penn State professor that we had months and months and months ago for you on this show in a park. We have an update on that story. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to want to get to YouTube for that story. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. So we'll get to that little later tease this morning. there, Nick Hale. Oh, it's a tease. Yeah, baby. All right, let's get to uh, the news. Round number one, I'm sure there is a ton to break down and talk about. At yes. 6.04, the great Dawn Stenzlin. Hey, good morning. This Thursday morning little chillier than we're used to in the past couple of weeks, but it's Thursday, February 15th, 28 degrees, full forecast, as well as more snow coming your way. I'll tell you when. So we do have some breaking news with at least two dozen residents evacuated this morning due to a water main break inside a North Philadelphia apartment building. So we're tracking that one as there are crews on the scene and evacuations underway. Police also investigating in Philadelphia after an 83-year-old woman was stabbed to death right on her porch of her North Philadelphia home. This happened last night about 8 o'clock in the evening, 2900 block of North 27th Street. Police say they found the elderly lady stabbed in her neck. 
right there on her front porch, pronounced dead at the scene. Investigators looking inside the home, but believe whatever happened, she was just attacked out on the front porch. So we don't know the motive. Uh, they don't have a suspect. And so ultimately, uh, they, they have a person of interest they're looking for, but that's the late. We don't have an arrest at this point. So we'll continue to follow that story. A joyous celebration and parade rocked by gunshots. At least eight children among 22 people struck by gunfire. This happened last night, of course, following the big celebration in Kansas City as the KC Chiefs were celebrating their Super Bowl win. We still don't know the motive of of those three that are now in custody, that confirmation from the Kansas City police chief. But this certainly went viral when you saw all of the people First, a celebration. They had more than a million people, you know, celebrating, gathered. We had a lot of bars here in Philadelphia, people who are Chiefs fans or have family there. And so I know there were people here just watching that joyous celebration and talking about it here locally as far as what happened. But three people in custody and there were individuals, obviously, who ran in to help to tackle at least one of the accused gunmen. So I know we'll talk about that moving forward, but I just wanted to confirm that they have three people detained as part of the investigation. That video of um, the guy or guys tackling yeah. the one guy. Just Those gives, are true American heroes right gi- there. It gives me hope and faith in, you know. In humanity? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys are, are absolute heroes for what they did. I think I, uh, I sent you guys one of the clips. They actually found uh, one of the guys who detained the shooter, and they interviewed him, one of the news outlets, on his porch. And sadly, I don't know if you guys saw this, the, the one individual that perished was a, a radio DJ. Yeah. Her name is Lisa Lopez-Galvin. Yeah. And she's a radio station host at KKFI. She was there with her husband. Ugh. Her two children Jesus. were right there. She's a huge football fan. And actually quite a prominent, you know, person in the community, obviously well known and, and beloved there. Mm-hmm. And yep. she, she died of her injuries. We My have, God. I mean, we have two major issues, I think, at play here. You have a mental health crisis in this country with arriving at the conclusion that you need to go and show up. Uh, on a joyous day, like you think, like yeah, we just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's going to be seven figures worth of people in yep. the city. Let's go and shoot it up. That yep. means you're mentally ill. And oh, by the way, we just live in this lawless society now, which leads. I think you put you take the mental health crisis and the lawlessness society. Think about the yeah. It leads to a desensitized community. Think about the brazenness of those those individuals because there were there were a lot of police officers there yes. with guns yeah and they didn't care and thankfully they're a bad aim because they only killed one person yeah. could have been far more tragic yeah and so that's just it you had a million people you had hundreds of cops around you know, law enforcement there we don't have word if this radio host was she a target we don't believe she was but we don't know the, yeah. nobody's talking about a motive or what in the heck what, happened here do we know what kind of radio st- station it is like is she like a top 40 dj it says, is it a talk show? i just have 90.1 fm kffi hmm. by uh, the way 90.1 that's like way down on that, the fm dot. that almost sounds like npr yeah with you. could be yeah well she hosted taste of tejano so i believe that she's i i believe that this station is you know something that i i'm not sure if she was speaking spanish on there necessarily gotcha. 
but I think that she was a crossover kind of um, individual in the community, mm-hmm. so popular in the Latina community, but also popular in the English-speaking community, so a true celebrity in that it, city. Like, everybody knew, knew, knows who she is in Kansas City. I got to say, it doesn't feel very random that she's the one that got killed. I know, You see? know what I mean? It, it, that doesn't, to me, I mean, yes, of course, but you're telling me out of a million people, the one person who was shot and killed was probably one of the most famous people there. I'm looking at their website right now. It's kkfi.org, and it says yeah, that's, it's that's uh, NPR. Yeah, it says radio powered by diversity. KKFI Kansas City. It says they they're labeled and branded as Kansas City Community Radio. Yeah, oh, that that's a 100 percent NPR. Like yep. Yeah. So uh, we're looking into that one, oh, and waiting for a news conference this morning. Just a real, ch- and again, it, we have eight people among those shot. Uh, including children kids. injured. Yeah, yeah eight kids. Imagine taking the day off, taking your kids uh, to that parade, and that's the last thing that you have on your mind, and that, that transpires. Oh God. That's horrific. Is it These days, though, is it the last thing you have on your mind? I don't know. I, I Going to something like this, it would always cross my mind. It's like, huh, there's a lot of people here. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of... You know, when when a lot of people gather, bad things can happen. And the worst part is, uh, from what I saw from the video footage, one of the suspects was wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Yeah. Imagine, he was wearing a yellow and red Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Yeah. Well, we do have a former Philadelphia Police Chief Inspector, Joe Bologna, who we've talked a lot about on this station. Uh, he was acquitted yesterday, finally exonerated so that that I think is incredible news for for Joe Bologna, for his family, for his fellow officers. This all started, and this is a jury that found um, found uh, Joe Bologna Jr. not guilty, acquitted him of all these charges. He was accused of quote unquote attacking a Temple University student with a baton. This was going on at a protest back in the summer of 2020, June of 2020. And it was a protest happening on Temple University. And so it was, as far as um, Joe Bologna's attorney, his defense attorney, had said in this one, had shown all the video because this was one of those cases where a snippet of video, video went viral. And then a 25-year-old student who ultimately received a $140,000 settlement from the city of Philadelphia had claimed that he was struck by a baton that caused his head to have a gash and many stitches and so on and so forth. They showed the video in court and said you could clearly see that this individual, the protesting student, had grabbed the officer, actually, as he was trying to arrest someone else. He was interfering with an arrest. When he grabbed him, the officer then used the baton, but you could see in the video that baton is not what caused those head injuries of the protester. It was actually in the struggle when they fell down, he, he, you know, knocked his head and knocked his head against the officer's helmet. That was what caused the gash in his head. It was not an intentional thing and it was not actually his baton. So finally we, Finally, they looked at the entire video, and the jury could see that clearly. So this is a huge case for Philadelphia, and this was D.A. Larry Krasner going after a law enforcement officer who has now spent nearly four years of his life (laughs) fighting this charge. Yeah, unbelievable. Imagine if he had that kind of vigor for crime and criminals on the street. Amen. 
So we have that going on. And we'll talk moving forward because actually Nick Kale found a great update on a story that we've been talking about. And yesterday, just yesterday, we had police on the main line, Delaware County, Montgomery County, releasing surveillance video, talking about a trio of thieves, perhaps non-English speaking or dual language speaking, Hispanic, two men, one woman, working as teams, targeting unsuspecting shoppers. And this was all the way from Radnor, uh, St. David's area, to King of Prussia, Montgomery County, Lower Marion. So now there's an update, and that takes us to Chester County. So you want to hear this moving forward. We'll talk about it this morning, that there is there are some connections being made, and the police, at least in in Chester County, are giving more details that we yesterday had wondered aloud what was going on yeah. with all of those trios of mm-hmm. thieves. <laughs> Seems like a network, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Yep. So that's my, my tease moving forward as far as these updates that we're seeing more and more. So <clears throat> let's get to the forecast this morning, shall we? We are looking at 42 degrees, bright sunny skies, much of the same tomorrow for your Friday. However, one to three inches of snow this weekend, so Friday night, the precipitation, so we get through the work week technically, but your Friday night, overnight into Saturday, this weekend, we'll see at least one, if not two different fronts moving through, delivering, they're saying right now, one to three inches of snow for the weekend. Hey, we got a three-day weekend coming up. Let it snow, baby. Let it snow. (laughs) Let it unload. No. Let it snow. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. 614 Thursday morning. Time for another big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. And it's brought to you by COSA this morning. The Big Take. Biden's big hot mess. It's been quite an eventful last seven days for President Joe Biden. And it doesn't appear to be slowing down for the big guy anytime soon. Biden was feeling the love on Valentine's Day from a multitude of directions on Wednesday. Every which way he looks, he's got arrows coming in his direction, and they're not coming from Cupid. From infighting within his administration to bipartisan demands that he take a physical and prove that he's fit to lead, to our southern border and Mike Johnson, and to the latest alleged threats from Russia. You're watching an administration right now in year four that doesn't know which way to turn and has zero solutions for the growing list of problems that they face. But let's begin with the newest and perhaps most serious issue, and that pertains to Russia. The headline reads, Serious National Security Threat. Russia is wanting to put a nuclear weapon in space. Biden urged to declassify all materials after ominous warning from top Republican Mike Turner. End quote. I'm calling BS on this right out of the gate. In my opinion, this feels like a new way to further push the envelope to get this $95 billion bill passed so that Ukraine can receive their $60 billion. And the timing is so obvious that I don't know how you don't arrive at the same conclusion. House Intel Chair Rep Mike Turner of Ohio said, Members of Congress had been made aware of the threat, which is reported to be related to Russia and its threat from space but wouldn't go into details. It later emerged that it was related to Moscow's plan to put a nuclear weapon into space to target and destroy satellites that the world depends on, ABC News reported. I believe Russia did that in 1982, so now they're going to do the same thing or something similar 42 years later. Something smells here. NSA's Jake Sullivan was asked if the public should be worried about this news. 
Here was his answer. Listen and watch. Is there anything you can say to characterize what this threat is or what country it involves? I mean, should the public be alarmed at this point since he has said this publicly? I'm not in a position to say anything further today. Like I said, I look forward to the discussion with him. And obviously, from there, we will determine how to proceed. But standing here at the podium today, I, I can't share anything further. Hmm, I bet that threat will disappear or never came to light if the $95 billion deal was approved or ends up getting approved. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is still pushing forward to protect our southern border after the House impeached Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. In fact, he is demanding that President Biden sit down and meet with him. Johnson saying, quote, I've been requesting a meeting with the president for weeks now. In fact, a month, end quote. House Republicans have insisted any border security and foreign aid package must be nothing short of their conservative-only border bill, H.R. 2. So when will Johnson and Biden get together? The binder was asked that yesterday. Listen and watch this. Then secondly, Speaker Johnson has suggested that he needs a one-on-one meeting with President Biden. Given that Johnson has said he doesn't feel rushed on uh, foreign aid, would that one-on-one meeting help? I, I mean, look, and I appreciate the question, Josh, but the president met with, um, met with obviously, congressional leadership less than a month ago, just less than a month ago. And he made really clear how important it was to get that bipartisan uh, negotiated legislation coming out of the Senate, how important it was to get that, to move that forward. And... Let's not forget, it's almost as, it's almost as the, the, the speaker is actually negotiating with himself. So Johnson is negotiating with himself. It looks like KJP has no answers once again, and America will remain last until further notice. But Corrine Jean-Pierre has her own internal issues that are brewing yet again. Anybody ready for KJP versus John Kirby at WrestleMania 40? I am. Yep, tensions are rising again between the two. According to the New York Times, John Kirby is reportedly frustrated by White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre's role in calling on reporters during his press briefings. Following reports of tension between the two White House officials, quote, Mr. Kirby had privately acknowledged when asked that he would one day like to be named press secretary, and he has expressed frustration that Ms. Jean-Pierre picked the reporters who ask him questions at briefings. It's pretty remarkable for somebody who doesn't have answers to go out there and choose the question of her co-worker to be asking questions to a certain speaker. One source said the following to the New York Times, quote, he evinces a clarity and comfort at the lectern that can sometimes elude Ms. Jean-Pierre, a more rote public speaker with less experience tussling with an adversarial press, end quote. Translation, despite saying a whole bunch of nothing, John Kirby is actually good at what he does, and KJP is awful at her job. Looks like identity politics rears its ugly head yet again for this administration. Just like you can't replace Joe Biden with Gavin Newsom because it would be racist and sexist to Kamala Harris, the same narrative would exist with the press secretary and that drama. You can never have a straight white man take the job of a black female who is gay. It would be a PR disaster for the Biden camp. But that's what happens when you play the identity politics game. Merit is thrown out and it's all about checking boxes and the optics visually to the public. And finally, as if Joe isn't dealing with enough drama, now you have demands that Joe Biden take a cognitive test 
pass it and reveal it as part of his physical. And that's coming from Ronnie Jackson, who served as the White House doctor under both President Trump and President Barack Obama. According to reports, Jackson has sent five letters to Biden and has vowed to stay focused on the issue of the president's mental acuity. The White House continues to double down and triple down that a cognitive test is not necessary, and the president proves every day in how he operates. Yeah, not sure anybody is buying that. In fact, 86% of Americans believe Joe's cooked. Jackson saying the following, quote, I think if there was ever a time that we need a cognitive test for a sitting president of the United States, it is right now. Jackson said during the Republican leadership press conference, quote, if he thinks he's fit to lead the country, prove it to us, Jackson said. Yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Biden's had over three years to prove a lot to Americans. The reality is he hasn't proved much of substance from a man who waited almost half a century for the top office in America. And Joe used to play football, right? As he's told us many times in his sports fabrications at Delaware. So this football saying should resonate with him. Head on a swivel, Joe. Head on a swivel. Because he's under criticism and attack from every conceivable angle. And that's the big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. All right, Big Take this morning brought to you by COSA. If you have questions about aging, the Delaware County Office of Services for the Aging, or COSA can point you in the right direction. To see how COSA can help you or a loved one, visit delcosa.org. COSA is supported by the Delaware County Council. Take your thoughts and reactions. If you want to jump in on the show, 855-839-1210 at 1210 WPHT on social media. And, of course, in the Kalen Company comment community, just go to youtube.com slash at 1210 WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe button and be a part of the show today. We'll come back. We'll talk about that issue from the big take, including the Russia threat angle, which is very fascinating. And also, Joe Biden lashes out over what he brought up in a conversation. We'll get into that as we continue as well. Nick Dawn and Greg, it's Kale and Company on this Thursday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I sure hope you had a wonderful Valentine's. Got your ashes last night. You know, for me, it was a crazy day. And my husband, I know, had wanted a lamb stew like his mom used to make. Where am I going with this? Okay, so he brought home the roses and the chocolates I had promised to make the lamb stew. That's where whatacrock.com came in because they saved me. They lit, I didn't even, I, I guess I cheated a little bit last night. I felt like I cheated on my husband on Valentine's Day because I didn't really tell him it was what a crock. I just said, yeah, simmering right now is your lamb stew. It is homemade, just, you know, not by me. But whatacrock.com, they save me on Valentine's Day. They save me all the time. Their delicious ready-made meals truly make dinner easy. All I do, put a meal in my slow cooker in the morning, run around all day, and when I come home, dinner is ready. It's simmering. You think about yesterday, running around, and there was so much going on. That's what I'm talking about. I don't have time to, to chop everything up and, and prepare it. And You know what I'm saying? Most meal kit companies, here's the thing. A lot of those meal kit companies, they require this biggity-big subscription. They require that you prep a lot of ingredients. That's not what whatacrock.com is, and that's what I love about it. So whatacrock.com, huge menu of meals you can try from the classics, like the old-fashioned pot roast, the chicken Alfredo. But if you go on there, and that's what I, I knew. I was like, I bet you they have a homemade lamb stew 
just like my husband's mom used to make it. Boom, there it was. So go to the website. These delicious meals are so easy, and they have a lot of new favorites. David's favorite, my son, is stuffed chicken parm meatballs. They also have lobster ravioli, a lot of different types of chilies. Oh, 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 and I can't wait to try. I ordered this dessert. It's this molten chocolate lava dessert. Oh, how good does that sound? If only they could take the calories out. <laughs> Make sure you use promo code WPHT at checkout. You get $10 off. Whatacroc.com. You got to do this. Whatacroc.com. Code WPHT. $10 off. Whatacroc.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. President Biden became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Bo died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. And that's how it sounded on NBC News as we welcome you back in. Kale and Company, live here on this Thursday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, of course, get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. And that was exactly what I was alluding to about Joe lashing out over the claims that were made with NBC when, in fact, it was Joe Biden that brought up his son, his deceased uh, late son, Bo Biden. And this is just another sign to me of obviously the mental acuity evaporating by the nanosecond he is in massive cognitive decline and as you heard there nbc news is reporting that president joe biden was in fact the one to bring up his late son Bo biden during the interview with special counsel robert her uh when they actually and you heard the little excerpt there i'll give you just a few more details the report goes on to explain those sources uh with the understanding of what happened Biden raised his son's death after being asked about his workflow at a Virginia rental home from 2016 to 2018, the sources said, when a ghostwriter was helping him write the memoir about losing Bo to brain cancer in 2015. Investigators had a 2017 recording showing that Biden had told the ghostwriter he had found, quote, classified stuff in that home. The report says now here's the newest latest development. This is courtesy of Axios. And they say, according uh, to their sources, breaking news, Robert Hur is making plans to publicly testify before the House Judiciary Committee next month about his report on Biden's handling of classified documents. And, of course, all of the mental stuff that has come out of this story as well, which, of course, has raised concerns about his memory. Here's what we should do. If we if we all believe in transparency and honesty and authenticity and not taking things out of context, why don't we just release the entire transcript? And on top of it, let's put out the audio and or video if, in fact, these things are recorded and videotaped. Let the American public see all of what your special counsel report has concluded and let the rest of us who are taxpayers, who are voters, arrive at whatever conclusion we would like to arrive at. 
I think that's the, the most simplistic way to go about this. Now, of course, we'll never get that, but I am looking forward to seeing what her says under oath before the House Judiciary Committee, because this has been a epic disaster for the Biden administration on many fronts. And that's why I did the big take this morning on three or four different things going on with this administration. You've got him, you know, the upcoming physical. You've got this threat with Russia now with nuclear weapons in space. You've got infighting between Kirby and KJP. I don't know, Don Stenzel, there's drama all around Joe. In fact, there's so much drama with the speaker. I think the White House should elevate you to Speaker of the House. <laughs> Would you leave this program in this station to take over Corrine Jean-Pierre's job? No. I, I think as oh, a re- <laughs> I think as a Republican, you could do a better job than she does trying to spin her own camp. Yeah, and I love, you know, your your description of the 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 animosity. They hate each other. You know that they can't stand each other, but also that she doesn't look up to him as a mentor. No. Surprises me. And he looks at her as incompetent. Like, I, I would think if, if I'm John Kirby, and I'm, and again, he doesn't say much, but he is, he's at least a professional BS artist. He can spin it. He's well-spoken. If I'm him, and, and if you're like, if you've ever been in a position where somebody got the job that you really wanted, mm-hmm. a lot of ego kicks in. We're like, I know I'm better than that person. And maybe you're not in some cases, but in this case, he knows he's better than she is. Well, and you look at his life and career, he's he's a retired U.S. Navy rear admiral. So you think about the discipline of the military, somebody who served, and I just have the feeling that, you know, so somebody in the military, you know, they always, yes, ma'am, no, sir. You know what I mean? They, they have that respect and that mm-hmm. discipline. Yep. And I just feel like there's that going on, that she she feels entitled and she's a little starlit and she doesn't like him even trying to help her out <laughs> or, you know, and then she tries to rib him. Like you were, I never had heard that detail. I love that you told the detail, the inside info that in fact she tries to annoy him by choosing which reporters ask the question. Which, which takes a lot of audacity because when she's up there, you know she does not want to deal with Ducey. She doesn't want to take certain questions from certain media members that come after her a little bit more depending on the outlet they work for. You know, the Washington Post is usually going to give you an easier question than Fox News will if you're a Democrat. And she's up there pointing, uh, you over there as Kirby's the one that has to answer the questions. Weird. Could you imagine if it was flipped around and Kirby was up there saying, uh, yeah, uh, Bill from uh, so and so. Go ahead. KJP would be she'd be with her binder. She'd be flipping around for for page fourteen. And presumably, the reason he doesn't like it's it's the reporter who's going to ask you know the pain in the tush question or the question they don't want or you know what I mean because they know who's who. Like you're saying, yep. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's she's just a she's just a hot, she seems like a hot mess and mm-hmm. she's always looking down. And in that job, you you see the person's eyes. Yeah. The answers aren't on the podium for you. But you're, I'm Maybe they looking, are, yeah. but you, just, you never seem to relay them to the American public with any confidence. <laughs> well said. So, um, and then the other thing with with this whole Russia nuclear threat, um, you know, Stalker, I, I know you love war. Um, nukes in uh, yeah. space! Some have said that Greg Stalker's kind of like the Lindsey Graham of Odyssey. There's never been a war he didn't <laughs> like. That's true, absolutely. Um, are you buying any of this Absolutely nonsense? Not. Absolutely not. Dude, they're, they, they are so hell-bent on getting to war I know. and funding Ukraine. Yeah. 
You just look at the timeline of all of this. The bill shot down. Nope, there's not enough for the southern border. In fact, there's nothing for the southern border. So let's put let's send out Jake Sullivan and let's put out this report that Russia is going to try to do something that they did 42 years ago and urge the American public to be, you know, very scared and say, "Hey, we got to get this deal passed or else this is going to get really ugly." There's a lot of people, there's a lot of money and a lot of careers and everything at stake. Um, for us, meaning the United States and the citizens, to be afraid of something. They need a boogeyman for something. Whatever that boogeyman is, whether it's uh, Osama bin Laden, whether it's Saddam Hussein, whether it's uh, Russia, whether it's whatever it is. ISIS. Whatever it is. And I'm, by the way, I'm not saying any of those people are good people. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, always have our eye on what they're doing. But there always seems to be another person that, or another group or another country that we need to be afraid of. Hamas, this, that, the other. I, I'm just, I'm tired of it. It's been my entire existence. Mm-hmm. It's always, uh, you know, the, 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 in the 80s, it was Russia again. You yep. know, it was like the, the, the Cold War and, and, uh, you know, the, it, it, could they bomb us? And, mm-hmm. you know, for people of an older generation, it was, you know, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it, it, there's always something that they, that the media and the government wants to push on us to get us fearful. Yep. And it's... get, you know, have us buy things and have us stay inside. And I yeah. just, I'm done with it. I'm just done with it all. I don't believe any of them. Yeah, I know. And, and you think about it, and Dawn, you talk about it all the time, the two P words under Trump, peace and prosperity. So from 2017 through 2020, uh, you know, we we had very peaceful times for the most part. Obviously, there's a little bit of conflict here and there. But for the most part, we were uh, at peace. And then you look just over a year into the Biden administration, and we're coming up on the two-year anniversary, I think, in eight or nine days. Russia invades Ukraine. So we start funding that war, and we're two years in with no exit strategy and no end in sight. Then you throw in Iran. Then, of course, you have Israel and Hamas. It's almost as if the Biden administration is so hell-bent on re-election that it's like, hey, why don't we just get involved in every possible conflict? Because historically speaking, presidents get re-elected when they're at conflict or war with other nations. It's almost like, in, in a diabolical way, they don't think having the abortion card in their back pocket is enough to ensure re-election. Now let's get involved in 14,000 different conflicts. That'll get us with Joe to 2028. It's it's really diabolical, and it's just the money. Um, I, to your point, Stalker, I, I have, you know, my entire life, I mean, so I was born in 84, and you think about everything from the first Gulf War to the Iraq War to Afghanistan, and then, of course, you know, like these pop-ups like ISIS in the second half of the Obama administration, and then you had a nice little peaceful period, and now it's, you know, World War Three on the precipice of happening. Yeah, there's there, there always needs to be, and, and it always seems to happen during an election year, there always seems to be something that's like, well, this is a threat now. Guys, I don't know, if we, if we don't do, if we don't do something. Yep. Something. We need to do something. What is it? I, I don't know. Something's better than nothing. Nobody ever correct. has an answer of what we need to do. Never. Uh, you know, nukes in space. Come on, nukes in space. But I have to wonder if they're, you know, just trying to psych out. I mean, that was a Reagan thing. You're mentioning the the 80s. You think of the Reagan era and studying the relationship with Russia, you know, take down this wall. Like, Reagan was a master at trying to make make the world think we had more than we had. Mm-hmm. That we were just, cra- not just superpower, but super-duper power. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
And so I just have to wonder the nukes in space thing. Yeah. Oh, come on. Well, and then, you then, know, then you have Putin yesterday coming out. And I think we uh, we have the clip, um, I believe. Um, let me see here. It was K. Uh, I should have given you this in advance. That's my fault, Stalker. Uh, Kate, K2. K2 yeah. yeah. Putin was, I think, asked the question of who he would rather see as president of the United States. And I'm paraphrasing here whether or not it would be Trump or Biden. And this was Putin's answer. Biden or Trump? Biden. He is more experienced. He's an old school politician. But we will work with any U.S. leader who the American people have confidence in. Geez, no, no kidding. He'd rather have Joe Biden as president of the United States of America than Donald Trump. By the way, I, I don't buy anything the guy says. So I don't, you know, I take anything he says to be a lie. Yeah. Well, it's propaganda 101 right i mean it's it's pretty obvious but i do think like if you if you just look at the timeline russia and, and russia's been you know going at this with ukraine i think you start go back to i think it was 2014 when, when this stuff started to really bubble up again but then again of course trump leaves office in january of 2021 and then in february of 2022 russia goes full-fledged invasion of ukraine as Joe Biden is at the helm. I don't think we would be in this situation today if Trump was president. So from, from Putin's perspective, I think he likes the fact that Biden's president because Biden exudes weakness. And I think a lot of these global um, psychotic dictators, Putin, Xi, Kim Jong-un, I think they all like the fact that Biden is the president as opposed to Trump. Well, you can tell by what happens around the world when certain people are president because there are... Uh, if you have a president that that uh, you know scares the living s out of people they you know they're they're not quick to act because mm -hmm. they're like uh, that guy might have a trigger finger and <laughs> yeah. we may you know regret that we did this yeah. but Hamas attacking um Israel you know like that stuff yeah. there's a reason that it happens when it does remember everybody was so panicked oh my god trump has access to the nuclear codes now fast forward to 2024 and we have a president with possibly dementia who has access to those codes so uh, amazing how time flies 8558391210 coming up next we will get to what one republican pollster is saying it's his final warning to the GOP. You're going to want to stick around for this. And of course, you're going to want to stick around for what I have to say about the Piazza Auto Group, because the thing I love about the Piazza Auto Group is they're always offering me the opportunity to stop out and check out some of their new amazing vehicles. And just about a month ago, I checked out the 2024 Honda Pilot Trail Sport. Now, Full disclosure, still have the truck, still have the Ridgeline. But if I ever go back to the SUV, I'll tell you what, this Pilot Trail Sport, it is fantastic. It's big, it's powerful, fully loaded, great for off-roading, uh, and it comes with all the security and all the technology you can imagine. Trail watch, multi-camera view, 18-inch alloy wheels, wireless Apple CarPlay, and a seven-mode drive system for any terrain, any surface, any environment. And also, from a family perspective, you're going to love the third row seating. And you can explore this new Honda Pilot and all the other variations of the 2024 Pilot at one of their five Piazza Honda locations. Check them out in Philadelphia, Pottstown, Reading, Springfield, and Langhorn online at piazzaautogroup.com. 
This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Thursday, under an hour away from what's on the cut sheet for a Thursday. Day number 11 of our Disney keyword at 8.30 and our buddy Sean Farage at 9 o'clock with his latest Donald Trump impressions and impersonation, including a Valentine's Day song. Oh, a song. Yes. Wow. 45's going to sing to us a day after the day of love. Maybe he can serenade Dawn. Yes, he could. <laughs> yes, he could. And uh, he will also be uh, go- uh, guest hosting on Monday morning, as we'll be off for President's Is Day. that true? Who signed off on that? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Which I think boss? It's ta- I think it's time for ma- a management shakeup after that decision. <laughs> I agree. God. First, you want to go to War Stalker. I know. Now we're bringing in guys who do impressions. <laughs> yep. Station's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. <laughs> All right, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Yep. Let's flip it. Let's play oldies or Spanish. I don't know. A um, couple of things here, and you know, we talked about the uh, Bucks County uh, special election that Dawn had in the news the last couple of days. Also, the special election in New York for the once uh, vacated seat of George Santos. Uh, Republican pollster Frank Luntz with a stark warning to the GOP. Very interesting quotes uh, in a story written by Newsweek. And the Republican pollster has warned Republicans that Democrats flipping George Santos's old congressional seat should be a, quote, final warning call to the party before the November elections. Former Congressman Tom Suozzi brought New York's third congressional district in his special election back into the hands of Democrats during the special election to replace uh, Santos on Tuesday night as he won over Republican candidate Mozzie Pillip. Suozzi was leading with roughly 54% of the vote to Plip's 46% on Wednesday, and Luntz issued a warning to Republicans following their defeat in a post on Twitter saying that the results are, quote, not an endorsement of Biden but instead a rejection of House Republican chaos. While he believes voters in the district don't necessarily approve of Biden's policies, Republicans, quote, gave voters nothing to vote for. He goes on to say further in his tweet, Democrats just flipped George Santos's NY03 House seat tonight. Tonight is the final wake-up call for the House GOP, and he tagged them in the tweet on Twitter. If they ignore or attempt to explain away why they lost, they will lose in November as well. The issue agenda is on their side. Their congressional behavior is not. That, like... We talk about uh, Carville from the Democrat side uh, and a few others. And I think Frank Luntz is a guy that when he speaks about certain issues, um, it, it's pretty wise to pay attention to what he is saying. And you can be mad about it all you want, but I think he's accurate. Because a lot of this stuff moving forward, nobody likes Joe. His approval rating shows that. But it's it's not the the vote that goes to Biden and some of these Democrats It's not that anybody's in love with their policies because they know that it's failed, but they're looking and they're saying, and I believe there are some out there, not a lot, but some that are saying, Republicans, give me a reason to support you, back you, vote for you, pick your guy. You're just doing a terrible job in convincing me. And I think we talked about this yesterday. Messaging matters. And I think, Dawn, you were talking about how you would have framed it and positioned it compared to how others in the past have done it and lost And I just think, again, it's going to be such a tough pill to swallow 
if November does not play out the way we hope it does, and it was there for the taking. Because I've said for a while, I can't imagine the Democrats being any worse than they are right now. So if you can't beat the party that has now been hijacked by this progressive ideology and all this failed nonsense, when will you beat them? Because if they slide back more moderate, you're looking, especially in a post-Roe v. Wade era, you're looking at loss after loss after loss. And I don't know when you stop the bleeding. I know how you do it. I just don't know that the people that are in charge will ever figure it out. That's the frustrating part as a Republican voter right now. Yeah, and so looking at looking at what happened in Long Island, then looking at and and by the way, you know George Santos is out, but you have other Democrats like uh, what do you call him, Gold Bar Bob? Gold Bar Bob Menendez <laughs> still in. Uh, but so you have that going on, and locally, I am concerned yep. about you know the special election that just happened here in in Bucks County. I know that uh, the snow was a factor, but from what I'm hearing. They had like mail-in ballots, so thousands of mail-in ballots, maybe three thousand plus. Yep, thousands for for the Democrats. Zioli was tweeting about that yesterday. That until Republicans start doing the same thing and doing it as good, if not better, yeah. than Democrats, this is going to be the continued result. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like so. Basically, it was four to one with the mail-in ballots. Then they got caught in that storm, and and so also we, I, I believe across the country, but here in Pennsylvania, the Long Island race as well. Look at the money and the organization, the infrastructure, the scaffolding mm-hmm. that is provided by the Democrats. I'm talking nationally. Yeah. Yep. The the money is and I'm telling you, they are they are honed in just watch for all these commercials and everything and, on Pennsylvania. And what's the GOP doing? They're fighting about yeah. uh pronouns, uh they're fighting about Taylor Swift if the uh, if the NFL is rigged or not, they're fighting over nonsense. Yep. All of this nonsense, this noise that keeps the machine going. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats are like, cool, you guys sit there and fight about that. We're going to win elections. Yep. And that's exactly what they're doing. Lunt says the chaos in the House has allowed Democrats to, quote, recover somewhat on the border issue by highlighting Republicans, quote, holding things up, end quote. All right, 6.54 as we head into hour number two. Dawn will have some news to kick off the 7 o'clock hour and also an update on our Penn State professor. You might recall this story from a handful of months ago. Where do you hear the latest revelations from the prof in Happy Valley? We'll get to that as we continue. Kale and Company, hour two is next. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.